I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yes, very well. Welcome everybody to the online darts lounge, the Masters Daily Day Two, our final podcast of the weekend. Uh, that is what happens when there is a weekend tournament going on. Uh, it is towards the end of January. The weather outside today might have been frightful, but the action was actually quite delightful um, in a way. Um, I thought it was a very, very good day of darts. It must be said. I thought there were some good games. I thought there were some bad games. I thought there were some tight games. I thought there were some shite games. To you know, all, all more that you could have um, in a in a day's worth of darts. You can probably guess where I'm going with this. Uh, but the big stories today, we're going to talk about them. All all as we build up to finals day, or as Wayne Marble calls it, Cup Collection Day, who will be the first winner of a tournament in 2021. Now, I get a free pick uh, about who I think is going to win this one, and I will explain more in a moment. Jonathan, alongside you to talk through the darts here uh, at the Ladbrokes Masters, joining me to talk some darts to you, it's Cam McFarlane. He's back uh, for another night. Dan Simpson joins us as well. You are on the walk-on today, this evening, Dan. Um, just a quick reminder, how did your picks go today? Oh, I knew this was going to come up. Mate, <laughs> listen, they went, they went. listen, listen. I, I, all I'm going to say is, is that after my pick on who's winning the tournament is out now, I, I, I can't say anything, so I thought I have to get the dig in first. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, one, out, one out of four... Um, which, which is not, you know, it's not ideal. But, but I, re- but I thoroughly enjoyed this evening session. What I would say, like, I didn't. Thankfully, I didn't um, feel strongly enough to bet and like to sort of bet any real money on anything. Um, so, so my picks were very much just, you know, enjoyable picks from earlier on. Did manage to get one in. Um, the other three, you know, I was, in 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 some respects, happy to be wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely the same, Cam. I, I didn't put any money on it at all this weekend. 
Uh, <laughs> 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 in all seriousness, though, an interesting day again. Um, and we're left with an eight that is wide open now. It's really wide open. Um, I mean, yes, you've still got the world number one in there, but other than that, I mean, it is absolutely wide open and I wouldn't be certain that the world number one gets through the next round if if a certain Mr Lewis plays like he did for the most part tonight against Gary Anderson. Yes, we will come on to that in a little bit. But there is only one place to start and it is with the five-time Masters champion, Dan, in the shape of Michael Van Gerwen, who for the second straight year is out. He's beaten by the same bloke, Johnny Clayton, the ferret. We always have said never underestimate the ferret, Dan. And he comes back and uh, he beats him 10-6 in 2020. This time it's a 10-9 victory. But in a way, it, Clayton just didn't look challenged from the majority of the game tonight. No, and 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 he, and he certainly... And, and where you're right, and he didn't look challenged, he, he never really got pushed at any point on his throw. And that was... And, and I think what... The, the, the thing that really, really did him a favour was he broke so early in the game. You know, he, he was immediately ahead. And he had that break... Right from the off of the game, and 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 after that, he was so steady holding his own throw that he never looked in danger. At, I mean, no, there was, I think, anyone that's ever watched Michael Van Gerwen play darts, you know, just what once we got to nine all, you know, everyone thought you got to think, well, you know, this is, it's not just a case of Clayton, you know, serving out his throw, so to speak, and and, and holding on, but but he did exactly that, like he. He, he timed he timed the maximums beautifully. Um, Twenty four one forties, like he he just played, played he, he played well enough to not get threatened. I, I think it does him a bit of a disrespect to just say Van Gerwen had a stinker. He did, you know, he was he, he was well off his his B game, but Clayton played really well, and and I think th- it's worth noting that he, he, you know he, he put a hell of a performance in. This is the thing, Cam, when we talk about this, about Michael Van Gerwen. Obviously, you know, the, the quarterfinal against Dave Chisnell, let's put it down to this, it was a non-only because Chisney in that form was unplayable. But Van Gerwen isn't necessarily short of titles at the moment. The last title he won was the last title on, on an ITV event in, in the shape of the Players' Championship Finals. And he just didn't look settled with the darts and his old faithfuls that he threw. He didn't throw the new darts tonight, but apart from those three ton plus checkouts, including, by the way, that one four eight to turn round right. the leg when it should have been one ten seven. Uh, he just didn't look at the race tonight, Cam. He really didn't. He just there was something clearly not right. Um I've sort of just had my little say on, on the darts issue and just feel like if he's been practicing with these new darts, which I imagine he will have been doing, if he's got a new a new set, then he's going to have been putting a lot of work in with them to get used to them, get used to how they're going in the board, everything else. To then come out and use the old darts, I don't know whether it's off the back of a bad practice session this afternoon or whether he just decided it's not the right time to start using them, but he didn't look comfortable with the old set. He didn't play anywhere near what we expect from him other than his finishing, which was pretty much flawless, his finishing, but he didn't give himself enough options to, enough opportunities to actually take any finishes out. Um, I thought Clayton played all right. I think, I didn't think he sort of set it alight, but Mm. that last leg was, 
was incredible. That's what you're, we were all, as Dan said, we we're all probably expecting. That's what Van Gerwen does when he gets into that yeah. position where yeah. he scraped his way into a last leg decider that he probably shouldn't have been in. You're expecting him to come firing out with six perfect darts and go from there. But yeah, it was it was really it was really impressive the way he closed it out. And like Dan said as well, he he was never in trouble on his throw. And I think he's probably got more in the locker. I don't think he needed to find it tonight. Uh, as much as it ended up being a last leg decider. It it was a pretty comfortable last leg decider if that if that kind of makes any sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, you have to have those sorts of comfortable last leg deciders to see whether you can go on and win tournaments. So if you get a course as well, the ferret is a World Cup winner from last year. And as you say, Michael Van Gogh nine of fourteen on the checkouts. But you look at the scoring in comparison, twenty three hundreds plus thrown. To Clayton's 18, but this is the difference. I think 17 of them turned into 140s for Clayton, the 13 uh, for uh, for Van Gogh, and then the 180s thrown 7 to 2 in favour of the Ferret. Let's hear from him now after his second straight win at the Masters against Michael Van Gogh. And he made the quarterfinals last year. Can he go one better? Can he even go and win the title? Here is Johnny Clayton in this press conference now. Johnny. Yes. Congratulations. They say lightning doesn't strike twice, but it does at the PDC Masters. Yeah, hopefully it strikes all year. (laughs) (laughs) Going into the game, Michael, big, big favourite, but we know you've been playing well. Was the key that you got out of the blocks a lot quicker than he did? Yeah, obviously, um, I think it was the first three or four legs, whatever. You know, I could see Michael shaking his head a lot, so I was thinking just... You know, this could be a day, you know, and it did turn out to be my day. So, yeah, happy. Does it give you confidence knowing that you've beaten him? Because this time last year, your record against him was horrendous. I think that was your your words in the leading up to it. But the fact that you've done it once, does that give you the confidence to go and do it again and again? Well, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> Whoever you play against, if you've beaten them, it's obviously a little easier the next time. And, you know, it's... I'm playing well, you know, my confidence is high and, you know, it's, we can all throw good darts. So it's whoever turns up or turns up the quickest on stage um, for the first few legs. I think that's what done it for me today. You had a nice lead and then he starts taking out these big ton plus finishes like Michael does. Are you starting to think, here we go? Yeah, it was a bit like but, you know, thank God that Kirk was shouting game shot because I was still counting what he's throwing. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, obviously, I, fair play. I knew what, you know, we all know. The whole world knows what um, what Michael Van Gerwen can do. So he was starting to warm up a bit. And I was thinking, just please keep straight. Just keep calm. And I got over the finish line. That's all that counts. There's a lot of talk around the Premier League in this final position. The Ferret's name hasn't been mentioned too much. But are you now pushing your way into this bracket of contenders? Well, I'd love to be there, obviously. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to try my best to win this and put my name forward. You know, it's, you know, my World Cup champion, so maybe that'll help me as well. So, no, obviously, um, I'm going to try and win this and let's see what happens. James Wade, first tomorrow. How much more do you think you have to put on your game to beat him? Well, do you know, I've just got to keep concentrate on my own game I don't really care about somebody else's game it's just my game, I can do it I've proven it against the world number two and to be fair against Jose de Sousa the other day you know, um, 
I can play darts and hopefully I can get all the way to the end. Michael doesn't speak to many opponents at the end, but he stopped and had a quick word with you on the stage. What did he say to you? I just said, brilliant last leg, do you know? And I thought to myself, yeah, it wasn't too bad, to be honest. I was going for the nine, but I missed that. But no, obviously, he's a gentleman, do you know? He's, um, you know, I beat him and at the end of the day, he knows that and I know that. So that's, that's that. Johnny, congratulations, mate, and we will see you tomorrow. Cheers, Phil. Hi, Johnny. Congratulations on your result tonight. Um, do you think um, it's about time we stopped underestimating you? Yeah, maybe, Phil. Um, but saying that, I've got to turn up every tournament. So, you know, it's up to me. Like, um, it's only me that throws darts. I don't care what, I, what other people say about me or what the public think. You know, I'm there to do a job and I try my best every time I get up there. So hopefully this year, it's going to be a nice one. What are they putting in the leaks in Wales these days? Because whatever it is, it seems to be working for you lot. Yeah, I know. Um, I think as you start the ball rolling, I think. So, yeah, hopefully it carries on my shot this year. And in, in all seriousness, um, you're in the quarters tomorrow. And, and listen, where, where does the belief of Johnny Clayton go from being, like as I said, like an, like an underdog to going, well, I can win this and suddenly... You can go. You've won the World Cup, and suddenly, suddenly, Premier League could be knocking on your door, and you're you're a proper star then. Yeah, obviously. Do you know what I mean? I know I've got the game. It's just I got to put it together on that stage, and you know it's so far so good. So hopefully, I can keep going all day tomorrow and pick that trophy up at the end of the day. Good stuff. Listen, thanks for your time, Johnny. Well done. Cheers, Phil. Johnny, congratulations on the win and a great performance. Um, do you think getting that win under your belt last night and playing as well as you did really benefited you, whereas Michael was, was coming in a bit cold tonight? Yeah, obviously, you know, any, you know, we're all chasing Ws, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You don't care about averages. Um, if it's a good average, at the end of the day, it's a plus. But, you know, a win is a win and my confidence was high. So, yeah, I was looking forward to tonight. And how confident are you you can back this win up tomorrow now? Well, yeah, I know I can play the the game, so hopefully it keeps rolling. So I look forward to it. We saw you win the World Cup, obviously, with Gezi last year, but what would a first televised singles title mean to you, potentially, for it to come this weekend? I'd be massive. You know, I'm, I'm chasing, I'm chasing that first title and, you know, hopefully one day it's going to come and hopefully it's going to be this weekend. So cross fingers. And uh, any targets in particular for this, this season ahead? You've, you've certainly hit the ground running. Well, to be honest, I'd love to get back in the top 16. That's the first that's the first job. And, you know, just to bet last year. And, you know, it's a good start so far. And hopefully it keeps going. Thanks, Johnny. All the best for tomorrow. Jimmy. Nothing for me, Johnny. All covered, mate. Cheers, Josh. Johnny, massive congratulations on the victory tonight. Um, beating, obviously, former world number one. Um, does this send a real statement out to the other seven players remaining in the Masters? Yeah, hopefully it does. Do you know what I mean? You know, at the end of the day, it's we play against each other week in, week out on floor tournaments. And, you know, it's putting it together, like I say, on, on the world stage. That's when it counts. So, two out of two, I, I've, I've got my name there so far. So, hopefully, tomorrow will be three out of three. You're nine six up, um, and Michael came back to level the game. What was going through your mind going into that final leg? I was just thinking, please, 
hit that travel 20. <laughs> but, you know, I got off to a great start, you know, two maximums and, you know, it had been my fault if I'd have lost that game. It wouldn't have been Michael by winning. So, you know, I got over the line. So it doesn't matter, really. It's James Wade in the quarterfinals tomorrow afternoon, um, a player who's in fine form himself at the moment. Is there a real belief now, after that victory, that you can actually go all the way tomorrow? Yeah, obviously. Do you know what I mean? It's, I've just beaten one of the greatest players that play darts. So, you know, I always go out to try and do a job. I've always got big beliefs. I'm, I'm a confidence man. And, you know, it's the way I've started the last two games, my confidence is high. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Perfect. Thanks, Johnny, and all the best for tomorrow. Cheers, Andrew. Cheers, guys. Dan, I'll come to you off the back of this. Like, we've always talked about whether Clayton, and particularly, say, people like Mervyn King and other players, should try and maybe go full-time. But it seems to me that he's quite happy and content, just, you know, still working as he does. And maybe keeping himself grounded is what he's doing here, because I'm not being funny. There is no way to suggest, and I'd be very foolish to suggest after just beating Michael Van Gerwen with your B gang, really, that you can't go and make some noise on a day in final on finals day. No, absolutely not. And I think so. One of the things I and I know we we I mentioned it a moment ago. You know, and you you know at nine all on deciding set, it's very very difficult to to bet to bet against MVG, isn't it? But you know, mm. Johnny Clayton came out and opened that set holding with two one eighties. Like yep. he was looking for a nine dart finish, on, or like at the and I and I, I don't know. I think I think the guy has a level of composure, and I don't know. Like I, it's, I don't know if that leans into the fact that you know this darts isn't his entire. Like, you know he do, he has a job. He does. You know the, Johnny Clayton's mortgage is paid every month because he goes to work, and and I don't know if that allows somebody like him to not pile as much pressure on himself, not, you know, and, and, I, and I, it's difficult because you don't know the insight into people, but, you know, I, I don't know if, if he, if he did go full time and he made that commitment, he walked away from his job and, and darts was, was, was all he had. Then would he, would he then put more pressure on himself? Would he be as comfortable in those situations where we feel he had to win, where he feel he needed to get to that next round? I, I, I don't know. Um, but, but I definitely think at the minute he's, he's got that level of composure. Um, and I think we see the same thing again. You know, we see it a lot from Mervyn King as well. Um, I, I, you know, I do think that there is a little less pressure on, on, on those who, who have a backup plan or a plan B, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly the case, but I'm sure Michael Van Gogh will come bouncing back. Of course, the UK Open is less than five weeks away and he is the defending champion there. We all know what happens when you write MVG off. He can make you pay a lot. Uh, though he has, though, gone out of this tournament camp and Johnny Clayton's blown it wide open where he will face in the quarterfinals the only player left in the field that knows how to win this tournament. James Wade, of course, won it in 2014. And he beat Chris Dobie today 10-4 in a game that, let's be honest about it, wasn't the greatest of quality. And, and, and Wade, if, if I can give Wade the, the highest compliment I can pay Wade at this point, is that Wade did a proper Wade. Wasn't any messing about. 15 dart legs normally on his own throw. Didn't give up much to play with. And when you're doing that, and when you get in front as early as he did, it's always difficult to be chasing against Wade. Yes, it is. Um, 
I I was on the blog this afternoon when when this game was going on, and I basically said as much as you did there. It was a very weird like performance, and that's how I summed it up. Basically, James Wade did a James Wade. He turned up. He averaged just under ninety eight, over forty percent on his doubles, and basically, yes, Dobie didn't play his best. And if you if you don't play your best against James Wade when he turns up and does a James Wade. He beats you comfortably and beats you easily and doesn't give you a sniff. And that's exactly what happened. Um, it, it was pretty impressive from Wade. You know, you're not ex- you, you know what to expect. You, he's not going to go in there and fire in 110 average and blow someone away that way. But he did it in the way that he plays. And it was he never looked at him bother at any time, did he? No, we didn't. And this is the thing for me, um, Dan, about Chris Dobie. You know, look, Wade's on his own throw. Here's what uh, the stats were for Wade and he, and he hold on his own throw. He went for a 12, 15, 15, 19, 14 and 18. That is not that is not bad. And if you are having to basically try and throw a 12 data every time to try to break the throw, as soon, especially when he breaks through early on, as we say there, it's difficult. What can Chris Dobie take from this tournament, though, Dan? Because he beat Dimitri Vandenberg, the world match play champion. Yes, didn't come through against James Wade. Probably wasn't on the radar for the Premier League anyway. But it's a big step forward after a, a bit of an improvement, signs of improvement showing after the Worlds. Well, I, I just think, to, I mean, to be completely honest, it, 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 what he can take from it is that he knows he's got, he knows he's got the level. It's what it, what it shows. I think from yesterday to today is is a, is a bit of a lack of consistency. You know, his average was down, you know, roughly sort of four points down on the average. His, his doubles were nowhere near. I think he was, you know, just shy under forty percent yesterday, thirty-seven, thirty-eight. He was, you know, twenty-two percent today. Um, so, and I, and I think all it is is that you know, Chris Dobie, he's he's got the game, and if he, you know, turns up and it's just. Being able to play and find his A game on a, on a more consistent basis uh, is, 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 I think, really all, all he can all he can take from it. He's just got to keep the level there. Let's see what happens there. So it is Clayton versus Wade in the quarter final. Let's move on and talk about a quarter final that's going to have some history on it. We shall mention it in just a moment. But let's talk about though, Cam, the world champion and the world number one, Gerwin Price. I can't really take the mick here because. Uh, I like saying that to annoy God, but unfortunately he's cried off tonight. No, he hasn't actually. He's He's been doing so much for us hosting-wise. I thought I'd better step in today and host because uh, so we can actually have a break. Um, but this was, for me, the performance of the day, uh, quite comfortably. Uh, walking in for the first time ever as the world champion and world number one against Joe Cullen, who looked pretty decent against Stephen Bunting last night. After the first five legs, when he went 3-2 up, after that... Uh, he, he sort of turned into that middle part of the world championship final against Gary Anderson. He was just unplayable. Yep, yeah, he was. He was really, really impressive. Um, Cullen wasn't what we what we would have thought. He was super confident off the back of that result against Bunting yesterday. He seemed really up for it and like he really fancied it. And I don't know. It just it just didn't quite happen for him today. And he didn't get given chance a lot of the time to to make it happen for him either because that, like you said, that middle section of the game, he just absolutely blew him away. Um, it was it was really 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 good. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the highest average we've seen so far um, this year, um, and he was just 
he was just absolute quality. You didn't fancy him missing when he got to a double. He was scoring really well. And he just did exactly what he needed to do. And, I mean, Cullen mentioned it yesterday about we'll see how he can handle the pressure of being announced as, as the world number one and the world champion. And he absolutely handled it, didn't he? He certainly did. Uh, you're right in the sense, of course, that Gerwin Price is the highest average in a winning performance this year. Uh, a losing performance, we will get to. Oh, yes. A little bit later, a little bit later. No, you, you were partly right. I'll give you that. That's absolutely it would be fine. Uh, Dan, this my is mate, My mate that had the other one. <laughs> absolutely. Your, your best friend. I know that much for a fact. Um, this is the thing, though, about Cullen, though, I think, rather, Dan, Dan because... Whenever he comes in off the back of a really big performance, too often, for me, he doesn't follow it up. And I think the problem for me was that yesterday in the quotes piece that you can read right now on onlinesdarts.com, the can actually did for us, so cheers, mate. Um, No problem. Cullen said that MVG is still the best player in the world. Why are you giving Price ammunition at this point? Why? Why are you doing that? I I, I don't know, and and I... I mean, I, I made a comment earlier on the um, on, on on the walk on show, and it, and I, and, I, and I think I, so I completely stick by it, and I think that sometimes the the, the lads that are you know like they're, they're there or thereabouts, and that you know like and they're, they're targeting you know they within the two years they want to break into the top ten and establish themselves as top players, and I think sometimes firing at the top three or four in the world, you know, it, it, it's the practical equivalent of going out and standing by the road and shouting at traffic. Like you know, if, if, if I think if, if, if he, if, not if, a bad analogy. No, it's not. Honestly, you might as well stand by the side of the road and just shout at passing cars. Because I think if 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 the guys that are you know hovering around the you know the sort of like twenty two to to twelve ranking, like if they think they're going to upset that you know the likes of Gerwin Price and the likes of Peter Wright and the likes of Michael Van Gerwen, but by sort of digging bits and bobs to who's the best in the world. Like these guys have been there and, and they know, you know, I, I think that the only the time anyone gets in there is, is each other, you know, that top three or four. And, and I, I just don't, I, think, I don't know, I, I thought it was a bit of a strange thing to, to try and engage in that type of um, discourse, if you like, backwards and forwards. And it, and it, it didn't really work. I, th- I think Gerwin Price turned up tonight and, you know, I, I do think at the moment he benefits from a lack of a crowd. As much as he is a, you know, he's a big crowd player, and 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 he, and he generally, you know, in his normal course of his play, benefits from from a big crowd atmosphere and and really getting up for it. I think that the pressure of being, you know, going into tournaments like this as the world number one, as the world champion, the fact that he's being eased into that without that big crowd environment and without that extra pressure, I think can can, can only help him at the moment. Well, this is the thing, because we're now going to talk about, again, between Gary, uh, between Gary Anderson and Adrian Lewis that saw uh, AD come through 10-8, Dan. And obviously, we have to talk about that performance from AD because I thought in patches, he looked like the AD Lewis of 2015-16. Not, he, he wasn't 2011 AD in 2012 AD, but he was there about 15-16 AD in patches, in particular, his first 10 legs. And I know, Cam, you want to talk about that, so we'll come on to that in a second. But, Dan, I want to men- talk about Gerwin Price against Adrian Lewis. Do you remember that quarterfinal? Was it quarterfinal? Was it round one game at the match play? Yeah. I think it might be the quarterfinal in 2016 where, if memory serves me correctly, Adrian Lewis said he's a nobody. He won't win anything. I'm pretty sure Gerwin Price will remember those comments, won't he? 
Yeah, and I th- and, and I don't know. I think it's sometimes that's where you take it from, you know. And 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 again, I suppose at the time that was coming from, you know, somebody who had, you know, it's two time, he's a two time world champion, you know. And they are, you know, and and that I suppose then, you know, it, it, that that's not so much shouting, you know, shouting at traffic in that, you know, you you've got to say, well, you know, in the sport, you've got to take someone who's won the world championship two times, and you should probably put some, you know, credit on on what they've got to say. Now he's been proven to be completely and utterly wrong. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yes, no, not completely and utterly wrong. Not even that. The fact that he's won the, the biggest title in the game. <laughs> That's the thing for me. Yeah. It, it, it does come home to roost at times. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, certainly, it certainly does. And, and, and um, but, I, you know, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? And I, and I, you know, sometimes it can be incredibly entertaining when we get a bit of banter and a bit of, you know, and, and, and people pointing the finger and things like that. I, I just sometimes, I think some of them could, could probably, um, you know, live to regret some of the things they come out with. Certainly. Though, let's be frank though, Cam, the first 10 legs in particular, 80 was just unplayable. It was brilliant. Um, this was my favourite game of, of the day. Um, I, I think it's quite clear every time I speak that I have a massive soft spot for Eddie Lewis. He's he was he was one of my favourite players. Well, he still is, obviously, but like <laughs> when he was coming up and getting towards his his prime and becoming that that player that went on to win back to back world titles, he I absolutely love the guy. I think he's brilliant. Um, I've been so harping on and on about the fact that I want to see him get back to that level of just confidence and a little bit of arrogance where he just plays naturally and just throws the darts and and just does what A.D. Lewis does. And, and I think we saw it a little bit today and I got really excited. And I think it was the eighth leg, was it? Uh, hmm. When he went when he went 6-2 up and he hit the one two seven, where Thank he dropped you. the dart and hit the two trebles and then in one motion, picked the dart up and didn't even change his stance or anything. Just picked the dart up and threw it in one motion, threw it in for the double eight. <laughs> I was like, that is the A.D. Lewis that I've been crying out that we need to see. And that's where he'll get back to his best when he's just got that that tiny little bit of arrogance where he's like, I can just throw this in from anywhere. It doesn't matter whether I'm looking, not looking, stood right. It's going where I want it to. And it was just so great to see him play like that over the longer format against someone as good as Gary. And when Gary came back at him and then Eddie still managed to close it out. I loved see, it. I thought it was great to see. He certainly did. Like I say, we, we always have a 127 and game on this pod. Uh, we will stay with you, Cam. Uh, and we will talk about uh, Peter Wright, who uh, in the build-up may have had a point about uh, about MBG at this point, at least anyway. Uh, the fact that he was glad about uh, MBG dropping to world number two, thinking he might might overtake him and go to world number three. Uh, obviously, this is an unranked tournament, so it can't happen here. Um, but there we go. I thought that, for me, this was probably the grittiest performance of the day, if you want me to be brutally honest, because... I appreciate it was a 10-8 and there was a couple of 10-9s in there today. But with, as you talked about, about your mate Simon Whitlock, 105.9 average, the highest so far of the tournament. This was a very good performance from Peter Wright, I thought. He just, he got the break in the fifth leg with a 10 data and he did not look back from there. No, he didn't. He just 
kept him just at arm's length all the time, didn't he? Every time it looked like Simon might do it. I know Simon missed a couple of chances that he, he might be sat there right now thinking, I, I could have won that game today. And he, he probably could have done he just a couple of missed doubles. Uh, but all in all, he played really well. I mean, you average 106, basically, was it? 105.9 mm. and 40% on your doubles. You're going to beat most people. Um, but Peter Wright just did what he had to do where he just kept him and just just didn't let him do anything on his throw. And on the odd occasions where Whitlock had a good enough leg to give him an opportunity, he missed those little opportunities and Peter punished him. I thought he played really well. Um, Peter Wright, I thought it was, it was very impressive um, and probably would have been the performance of the day if it wasn't for what Gezi then went and did against against Cullen. Um Yeah, I, I mean, he, if he gave you carries on playing like that, he's going to be a big danger tomorrow. He certainly will. You know, as well as that, of course, Peter Wright is obviously also in that field of, of winners because he's the bloody defending champion. Let's let's not forget about that. I, I, yep. I, I apologise. Uh, yeah, we do, we do forget about that. Yeah, about to say we did forget about that title that uh, he, he won last year. He's the defending. I think champion. It's just we've all written off twenty twenty as a year. It doesn't count. <laughs> uh, yes, it does because Going Price won the world championship. Moving on, <laughs> that was um, technically this year. <laughs> uh, it, it ends the twenty twenty season. That's how it works. Do not at me on that one. It ends the twenty twenty season. Uh, we, though, Dan, let's get back to the point at hand about Peter Wright. Is I talked about the fact that yes, uh, James Wade is the only player, a player apart from Peter Wright to actually win it. It's weird because both players that to have won it that are left in this field are actually in the bottom half of the draw could potentially meet in the semi-finals later on. This is a that's a big performance for Snakey, I think, because let's be honest about it. He, he won the European Championship, but the rest of the, the, the year didn't go to plan for Snakey for me. Um, you know, he didn't, he, he made the semi-finals of the players, but got beat by Merv. Then, uh, obviously, the World Championships losing out to Gabriel Clements as well. This is a, I think this is a huge tournament for Snakey to just put a marker down and say, "Hang on a minute, I'm still here. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still going to be f- fighting for these titles." Yeah, well, I, I, absolutely. And 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 I, I mean, I don't think he had a catastrophic year, you know, last year. I mean, I think, you know, he he won the he he won the title, and I think a lot of people, you know, waited for him to kick on. Um, and you know, and there was a few, you know, for, for out the first round of the Grand Prix, and he, you know, he did, he, he hasn't. I don't think he's managed to, you know, sustain the level that everybody had, had, had hoped. But I, I, I do think that you know, he, he played superb tonight. I mean, I, I do think to beat to beat someone who's averaging one hundred and six, and and he, he, what he did, he, I think it was about was it the fifth set he broke. I think it was only one break. He broke him in the fifth. I think it was the fifth, fifth set. Fifth leg, yeah. Fifth, fifth leg. leg yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, so yeah, broke him in the fifth leg. <clears throat> And after that, just just kept him away. You know, there was a little bit right at the end of it. You know, I think I think to uh, that sort of seventeenth leg where I thought he might have been able to Whitlock might have just got back in it. But Peter Wright just kept him at bay. Just kept him at bay. And and you know, I, I think he's he, we sort of know he's got another gear. We know he can close games out. Um, but I do think it's a big tournament for him, and I think it's a big year. I think where. A lot of people expected and hoped, and he probably himself wanted to kick on after that World Championships win. Um, you know, he, he's found himself still, 
you know, not being able to reach that number one spot, not in the number two spot, you know, and, and I, I do think that this is the start of the season. It's the first, it's the first tournament of the year and I, I, he'll want to put himself on a bit of a trajectory. Certainly the case. And uh, he plays Dave Chisnell, who is definitely going to be fighting in there. He's probably got the 10th spot in his hand at the moment after beating Daryl Gurney 10-9. Another win here, particularly unless someone from the outside lot goes and wins it. And you reckon that Chizzy's back in the Premier League? Who who would have said that a few months ago, Dan? Uh, Well, I I think, so my, my personal opinion on that is I think we could end up potentially having a semi-final for a Premier League place. Um, yeah, Matt, that's not a bad show. I, 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 think what, I think we genuinely end up with Dave Chisnell against James Wade for the semi-final match and for a spot in the Premier League. And that, that's my sort of a bit of a cold prediction going, but I think that's where we're at. I think either one of them, because it's very, very difficult. If those two meet each other, it's very, very difficult that the to put the loser in the Premier League because, you know, when they've both, in theory, got a claim and they're both in the conversation. So I think if that if that's the semi-final that we get, that game becomes absolutely huge. Uh, I Unless can, I can, you believe I, what James Wade said, <laughs> which yeah. is that they don't yeah. want him in there regardless. <laughs> yeah, let's, let, let's hold fire on that one. Let's save that for the walk-on tomorrow because that's definitely <laughs> getting clipped. But uh, I can hear Matt Laporte and Barry Hearn hiding behind the sofa about that one if James Wade somehow <laughs> makes the win, wins the Masters. So they'll be, they'll, be, yeah, they'll be hiding behind the sofa there. Um, but going back to Chiz, Dan, Again, outlasting Daryl Gurney. But there the thing is about Chisnell, we talked about the action for years and years and years, so I don't want to moan about that per se at this moment in time. But he's like, he's like an engine that, just, that still needs a bit of work, doesn't it? Because he's there and he's in top gear for, for, and he's flying. And then all of a sudden it's just... And you just think, how can you go from... Ping it in 46 darts back to back to back twice to go and win three straight legs to then having this. It just, it just to, to, to then getting over the line. To be fair, as well, with a weird way of taking out 74, treble 14, looking for double 16, going in, going into the double seven instead, and then hitting double nine, you know, especially with Gurney on 24. That, that, I'll give him his due there. That took a bit of stones from Chiz. It, it did, but I, I would probably, I, I think that is that that bit that his game is. I don't want to say missing, but you know that that we we all know that you know he he looks like the best player in the world, and then it, and then all of a sudden he he, he looks like he's never picked a set of darts before. But I, I, I do think that's the diff that the peak and trough in his game where he looks exceptional and it just seems to it, it goes off track and then it comes back on. Like that is the difference between. You know the the players that that sit you know sort of like six to ten you know in in, in the ranking you know they they that they want and, and want to break and and, and they they've got the, they've got the A game to to compete you know and they can they can beat it, those top four players they can beat those top three players and they can turn up and, and absolutely destroy them. What they, what they haven't been able to do is is do that week in week out 
tournament in, tournament out, which is which is why there is a big differentiator in the in those. So when you look at that prize money, and there's a there's a there's a big old gap, and 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 that sort of six to ten mark, that they're all quite close to each other. I think it's just that inconsistency that where they've all got a little bit in their game, that there isn't that that consistent excellence that we see from the top three. What do you think about this about Chisnell about his performance today? Because he's got to he's got to find a way to sustain that if he's going to challenge Snakey tomorrow. Absolutely, yeah, he has. Um, I, I think I had a weird sort of premonition that he was going to hit double seven um, in that final leg. I don't know what it was. And, you should put it on the blog, mate. <laughs> well, to be fair, I probably had time to as well. We how long he took in between those darts. Um, I think if there's a crowd there, he doesn't hit that double nine because he took about 45 minutes to, before he threw it. Um, <laughs> he was moaning about Dimitri doing that in the uh, well, World yeah, Championships. Well, yeah, that's, that's what I was just going to say. Hot kettle it, and black. <laughs> if, if Gob was here, my word, I'd have, I'd have had him for that one. Um, Correct. But, but um, yeah, I just, I just thought there was something in my head that I thought, his action's not going to hold up here and he's going to drop it in double seven. But then he composed himself and hit double nine. And I thought it was it was really impressive that he, he still managed to hit it, especially with Gurney's hat there on 24. Now, I, I, I didn't want him to hit it because, as we know, I call Gurney as the winner of this tournament. We're <laughs> um, all so, out then, it seems, at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. We're picking someone else today and we're going to roll with them. And I think we're both picking the same person based on our conversation are. earlier. Um, yes. Not that we've not that we put any money on it, as we mentioned earlier, but we both definitely have. Um, we're, both riding, everybody. we're both riding with the same man for the rest of the tournament. Now, um, and we'll get on to that. Um, but yeah, I thought he was really good for, for sections as, as we always see with Chisnell. And then it just all goes wrong for a bit. But he is learning to get over the line and hit the double when he needs to. And I think we saw that in the Worlds and we've seen it again today. It's There's positive signs for him. Um that he might just be getting his head around it. Yes, he's still throwing in some some toss at times, but where it just it, the action goes a little bit, but he is learning to actually get the job done. He certainly is. Uh, Cam Walsh, I'll stay with you and move on to the penultimate game then of the day that we're going to talk about. Nathan Aspel against Mensur Sudovic. Not uh, hurt about this one at all because it cost me 240 quid on that. Um, <laughs> on a serious note, though, I didn't think that Nathan Aspinall would win that last leg and full credit to the Asp for coming through the way he did. But, 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 Mensal, five match darts squandered across two legs. At this level, you cannot do it. You just can't. You can't at all. Um, and I feel like we're having the same conversation now about Mensal that, we had last night about the guy he beat in round one. Um, you can't keep doing it and losing legs and losing matches where you've got chances to go on and do it. And he he should have won that game today. Uh, massive, massive credit to Aspinall for coming through it, who, as we know, has, has struggled over the last, last year, really. Even Premier League finals night and getting to the final he didn't show up in the final 
he's had issues with the darts, which is why he's got the new ones, which we we finally saw today. We'd heard about them, but we actually saw them today. And in in parts, it looked like they worked all right for him. And in the last three legs, he he did use them pretty well to get over get over the line. Um, but I mean, it was only seventeen seventy uh, seventeen sixteen sixteen. It wasn't like he he blew Mentor away at that point and he only averaged 92 overall so it's, it's nowhere near the ask that we've that we have seen I mean for Mentor like that's definitely a game he should have won 9-7 up against a player that's averaging 92 and having five darts for the match he should be winning it and he didn't and we've seen it before and one thing that was was good to see was the fact that he played at a good pace today and he played at a pace where he was just obviously concentrating on his own game and playing. And yes, we've seen the interview and he, he didn't deliberately slow him down. It, it, I'm not having it, it's nonsense. Um, but no, that's literally done me out of any chance of ever speaking to Mensah Sulevich, but <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. He's absolutely, I'm not, I'm just, just not having it. It was he absolutely did slow him down. And he I, was... I believe him completely. And if he wants to tweet me in the chat, that's absolutely fine. Oh, Dan, I, th- Dan, I thought you were better than that. Uh, <laughs> literally just throw me straight under the bus. He's like, I'm Mate, not helping you. I'll Keep say you this down now. There. Do you know what? I've got the casting vote here, and I'll say this now. There's Mental service didn't slow it down. He played at an effing snail's pace. It was a disgrace to darts. I don't care. I've had it. I I, I don't mind. I'm sitting in the same camp as you, Cam. It was a disgrace to darts. There's no doubt about that. Um, The the point I was getting... I should stress this, this, by the way. The reason why I'm saying that is because I just don't like the way he plays. I just don't don't like the action. I just don't like the way Mental Sudovich plays. So uh, that's just my opinion. But I I, I, maybe disgrace to darts is a bit far, but it certainly wasn't the best look for me on the biggest stage of the lot. Yeah, and that's what today, I mean, he just played at a normal pace. He played at the pace that suits him and he played fairly well. Um, yes, he missed some darts, quite a few darts at double in the end. But for the most part, he, he averaged pretty well and played quite well. Um, he might have been a little bit of a victim of of the first round game where he, he didn't have to do anything to beat Ian White. And then no. you come into a game against, against Nathan who... We all know what Nathan's like. Um, he's he's from up my sort of way. He's a, he's a northerner and he fights to the end. Um, <laughs> and he doesn't let anything go. And I think that that probably hurt Mentor a little bit in the fact that he got through a game against Ian White where he had to do absolutely nothing to win that game. And then he's got someone who's literally never going to let you have anything easy in Nathan. And, and it was obviously, he couldn't quite hold it out when he needed to. Dan, though, he plays Mervyn King in the quarterfinal, who takes on Rob Cross, uh, who took on Rob Cross today uh, and beats him 10-5. Again, I think that King at this point, those first five legs are sensational. It was 11 straight legs he'd won in a row. Uh, Going back to the game against Glenn Durant, I'm sorry, mate, I didn't mean to deliver (laughs) to you. Yeah, thanks for that. But in all seriousness, though, Merv looks like someone at the moment that just loves ITV4. I don't know what it is, but he absolutely loves ITV4. <laughs> um, but a bit of controversy in this game. 
towards the end there. Very controversial, wasn't it? I, 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 Here's a before we go before we go right question then if, if people don't know what's going on right Mervyn King suggested that Rob Cross had stepped over the Oki line on the right hand side when thrown for double sixteen. To me, before you go down, to me it was tight, but I think he just stepped over the line personally. It was very very close. But I don't know. I think he just stepped over the line. I'm not sure. Well, the photographs that I've seen on social media have, well, lead me to believe that at least part of Rob Cross's shoe was was closer to the board than the line of the end of the hockey. Yes. However, I, I do think there's a, and it sounds ridiculous. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, I. So I said earlier on. Like and and I still stand by this. I don't think that's Rob Cross's fault. I think I think he's moved to he's moved to the side. Like he he's he's just looking for an angle to put his dart in the board. Like I, there's no absolutely nothing in my mind whatsoever that thinks Rob Cross is trying to creep further forward. I think I think if anything, yes. it's the worst thing he would need to. He doesn't want to do that because he's just going to upset his action. I think so. I don't I don't think it's an issue. And I think that if that's happened. It's the it's the the fault and the job of, of of the officials of the game to pick that up. Now, I've seen all sorts of things, and, and there has been an ongoing discussion as to whether or not you know there's a lot of players that do swing and then move from side to side. Should the hockey be wider? Should it be arced in in some sort of way that takes into account the you know the 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 distance from the board itself? Because in hmm. theory, you go off to the side a bit, you're actually further away, even though you're further forward. Um, you know, if you want me to, you know, was he closer than the hockey line to the wall that the board's on? Yes, he was. I don't blame Rob Cross for that, and I, I haven't got a massive problem with it. But it, it happened, didn't it? What do you think? Ken? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, the picture, which was the one that they focused on, on on the coverage at the time, that that angle is not straight down the line of the hockey, so. It's hard to tell on that picture whether he is or not. Um, it looks like he is, but it's not straight down the line of the hockey. It's at an angle, so it's always sort of leaning towards him looking as being closer. I thought it was just a bit silly, really. Like, you can see Rob has looked down and done his best to make sure that he's not in front of that line. He's not, he's not tried to gain an advantage. He's not... No, I don't think he has, no. And... He's, he's looked down, he's done his best to try and make sure he has. And the angle from the telly, it looks like he's ahead of it, but it wasn't straight across the line of the hockey, so it's difficult to tell. I've not seen a dead straight across the line image. I'm not sure if there even is one. Um, so so it's, it, it's hard to tell. And if, and if we can't say for certain from looking at it on telly, it's like, like they've mentioned a, a lord in in the coverage about VAR and we don't want VAR in darts, which is just <laughs> nonsense anyway. No. It's, it's be the most yeah, but it'd be the most pointless thing ever. What you have VAR for, like <laughs> other than that, I mean, it'd just be silly. But I know they mentioned it a lot on the coverage, and like if you can't see it for certain, a bit like some of the offsides we see on VAR these days, if you're not a hundred percent sure after seeing it from about 10 angles and you're still not sure then then how for one is George Nolan meant to make that call from where he stood because it's well the angle he stood at is is almost impossible to tell from and also it's impossible to tell from where Mervyn stood like 
So you can't know for certain from point. either of those. I should stress at this point that they do have a second referee sitting there in watching for infringements as well. So yeah. they do have a second referee who is watching there in the background. So it's a sort of who like again a VAR. Didn't, who again yeah, who didn't, didn't, again didn't call it. it. No, so but, if it's that close, then it's it, it's a nonsense anyway. And, and, and Merv still won the game. I mean, when he's having that big discussion with George at the end, you're thinking, you've won the game, Merv, just move on. It doesn't matter. Well, and apparently they're, they're really good mates as well. And it's like, well, this is the thing. You might have a little. You might give your mate a little, like, especially when you what nine five up at that point. Even with Rob hitting that, you might just have a little word in your mate's ear and give him a, a stick and say, "I think you're in front of the line there." But you wouldn't take it as seriously as that, especially when you then go on and win the next leg. Well, before we go any further, let's hear from what Merv actually had to say about the whole uh, issue. Uh, in his press conference afterwards. Here is the King. Mervyn, many congratulations. Off and running for a new season. Must be over the moon with a 6-1 victory. Um, yeah, it didn't play particularly well. Um, but then again, and and this is going to sound really... I didn't have to because Glenn was struggling, um, which makes it even harder for me because I like Glenn. Um, so, that, yeah. Um, wasn't the... Uh, best of opponents for me because I like him and, and it's hard to play against somebody you really like um, and when you see them struggling it, it's hard to bury the hatchet do you know what I mean it, it, it's you've you got to insert it and you've got to twist it and it, it was hard to give it that twist but we got there you're just carrying on from last year we saw some great stuff from you the back end of last year and winning is a habit isn't it and that's a good habit that you're in at the moment um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not playing as well as I was pre-world. Um, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot going on, um, bereavement in the family and, and stuff like that. So, uh, it's, uh, it's not easy at the moment. The form you've been in made one final. There's a lot of talk around this 10th spot in the Premier League. Is it something that you thought of and would you like another crack at the Premier League? Of course I would, but it's, it's not something I've looked at. Doesn't doesn't even enter my mind. I mean, there, there are there are players that are in my mind that deserve it a lot before I do. Um, yes, if they give it to me, yes, I'll take it and and I'll take the ball with both hands and give it my best shot. But um, I, can, I can't see that happening. There there are players that deserve it more than me. To be fair, you say that though. Not many players have made TV finals, so you're putting out a great claim for yourself. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, we'll, we'll see what the powers to be decide, shall we? <laughs> Up next, Rob Cross, a man, again, that's not been in the best of form of, of late. Another good friend. take advantage of that? <laughs> if I can, yes. Um, another good friend. Um, I, I love Rob a bit. I mean, we had some practice before the Worlds and, um, yeah, I've got a lot of time for Rob. He's, he's a really nice fella. He's very much like myself. I think that's why we get on. Um, we, we don't uh, suffer fools gladly, so I think that's, that's why we get on so well. So that's going to be another hard game for me, playing somebody again that I like. But um, if I can take, if if he's not playing as well as he normally does, because we all, we all know there's been a little bit of a gap between the worlds and now, and knowing Rob the way I do, he's been hitting the practice ball hard. So um, if he comes out all foreign, then I've got to do the same. Merv, congratulations. Thank you very much for your time, as always. Thanks, Thank you. Hi, Mervyn. Um, congratulations on the result tonight. Um, the rebirth of Mervyn King. 
Um, what has caused that? What is there sort of um, is it sort of the day job as well? Is there something you you, feel, you seem to be more reinvigorated these days? Um, I wouldn't call it rebirth. I've always been here. Always been playing darts and trying the best I can. Um, always had mid to high nineties. The fact that I've hit a couple of um, 104s, 105s um, only, only goes to probably um, the change of practice, the change of darts and the change of throw. You were talking about before the tournament, your new windmill darts, so you were very excited about that. Um, is this the first sign again of how this is transferring to the big stage? Um, maybe. It's just nice to take my practice game to the stage. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's all very well hitting the, the 10, 12, 15, 140s back to back on the practice board, but you've got to do it on the stage where the other players do. And, and it's it's getting there. It's not there yet, but um, it's definitely getting there. And dare I say it, where do you see Mervyn King being? What? How far can you go back? I mean, what, do you feel the belief is all there? Where's the ceiling? That's a good way to end. Thank you, Mervyn. Congratulations. You're welcome. Irving, congratulations on the win tonight. You mentioned you thought you didn't play very well, but 102 average, six out of seven on the doubles. Is that really? for sure? I didn't think that was that good to be fair. 102, I didn't think that was that good, to be fair. Um, I, I was looking at more sort of mid-90s. Um, yeah, it's, it, it was okay. Um, I played reasonable. I didn't play as well as I can, but then again, Glenn let me. Um, but... If it had been playing better, I might have done as well. Who knows? You know, it's something we we don't know. Um, we can only surmise. You've been in this game almost 40 years. I mean, is this the most relaxed you felt? And, and are you enjoying darts as much as you ever have at the moment? Um, loving the darts, you know. I, as I said at um, the Worlds and the uh, Players' Championships finals, I, I've really found the love for the game and hence the reason why I'm playing better. It's... Uh, you know, um, I've had other people saying, oh, you're only loving it because you're getting some results. Uh, if you look at it, I've been loving it. And then the results have came because of the, the uh, finding of the love for the game again. Um, when you're doing something for that length of time, you're going to go through highs and lows um, of performance and also the way you feel about things. And uh, when, when you can honestly put your hand on your heart and say, yeah, I'm, I'm loving the game again. Hence the reason, the, the results, and also the uh, the way I'm playing. And how are you feeling about the season ahead? Have you set yourself any targets at all? Um, no, not at all. Um, you know, it, it's uh, they'll they'll put the um, uh, the calendar out, and I'll enter the tournaments, and I'll go along and see what happens. Um, I'm I'm not, as I said before, I'm not one of these that are going to say, oh, "I'm going to win this, I'm going to win that." I'll turn up and I'll give it my best shot. And if it's good enough on the day, I'll win it. And if it isn't, then I'll just see how far I can get. Interesting line there, Dan, where he says, if I see something that doesn't look right, I've got to stand up and call it. Cam talked before, we, we, we played that clip that he is one of Rob Cross's great mates. And it's interesting, I uh, find, uh, about this. I just think... I that's that for me that's the biggest the biggest takeout of that of, of that interview is is the line you know it's where he says you know if i see something i have to call it and, and it, all it makes me think is that this but it's not about anything else it's just about merv and his approach to the game and the way he like it's it's him and it's in his head and I, and i and i it's not it can't be it's not good i don't think it's a good thing that he's you know when he should be focusing on playing darts he's he's 
he's he's playing the game and he's officiating the game and he's looking for and I and I just think that I don't I, I don't know I, I think he maybe push he, he's looking for something and and he and he feels this desperate like he said like if I see it I've got to raise it I have to say something I think well no, Merv, your, your job's to turn up and throw throw arrows at the board and I I don't know I I I, I find it a bit frustrating um and and I. I and I don't really know why it's, it's, you know, in winning the game and playing against, a, you know, a, a friend, why something like that is, is is so important. But you can see in that interview, he really feels a passionate need to to to, to enforce the, the minutiae of the, the rules. Yeah, it's, it's for me, it's, I mean, yeah, okay. If he feels that way, like, it's a bit like when he lost to MVG and... He's getting all worked up about himself. It's like he has to find some sort of edge that's that doesn't need to be there, where he gets upset about things that he doesn't need to get upset about. Like we're all really big fans of Merv. We all really like him. We'd all love to oh, see him get that last spot in the Premier League. But like, mm. even if mm. <laughs> all right, not maybe not maybe not you, Dan, but me and Joe certainly. Um, but I just think. Even if Rob Cross is a centimetre over the line, which is probably as far as it was, even if he was, what an incredible dart he's thrown to get it in from there anyway. Like, just say, like, it's it's a good dart and just move on and carry on from there. If it was in the deciding leg and he'd lost because of that, then you can see why he'd get upset about it. But he just didn't need to in this situation today. He didn't need to be the way he was about it. And... The one line I took from the interview with Merv was the first one with with ITV when he said <laughs> it's sometimes difficult to step over the line. <laughs> which, which, which I, I mean, I mean, as much as I didn't think he should have been making an Perfect. issue of it, I thought that was absolutely just fantastic work from him to sneak that one in there. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Right, we've got to move on. and We've got to just very, very briefly touch on tomorrow because I don't believe any of us are on the walk-on tomorrow. Certainly, uh, Cam, you're on in the evening, but certainly in the afternoon, we're not in the, we're not there on the yeah, walk-on. Yeah, me, me and you are both on in the evening, aren't we, I think? We are, we are. Hopefully, with our picks still in there. Uh, let's just go through uh, the, the title sponsors, Labbrooks. Um, just to confirm, our, our pick is Merv Bothers, by the way. Yeah, I was just about to come on to that and say, this is what you can get at the moment. Because at the start of the tournament, you can get him at 50 to 1. He's now dropped to 11. So this is how it looks in the outright betting stakes. Gerwin Price, obviously, quite rightly, favourite, 7 to 5. Peter Wright is then 3 to 1. You've then got Dave Chisnell and James Wade, both at 9 to 1. You've got Johnny Clayton, Mervyn King and Nathan Aspinall at 11 to 1. And then Adrian Lewis comes at 16 to 1. So those are your outright winners that you could potentially get uh, this uh, in the uh, in the Masters tomorrow or today as you're listening. Um, Cam and I are both gone for Merv. I, Dan, I just think that at the moment he's he's enjoying that much of a renaissance and he's practising better. Uh, yes, the cross thing, we get it. But the majority of the time he's smiling. He's enjoying the love of the game. And I don't think that that thing with cross is going to play on his mind a little bit. Um, who are you picking at this point? Because obviously Durant's out, so you can't pick him. <laughs> yeah, so do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pick someone who I can honestly hand on heart say I've never ever said uh, I've never picked him to win anything ever. 
But my my honest pick as we sit today is James Wade. Interesting. Oh, you, you and you and Gob are going to be best mates, aren't I you? know. I've never, I've never picked him to win a thing, and, and you know, no, normally, I, I, I wouldn't even say, you know, I'm not a particularly big fan, really, but I, I, I just think, um, looking at the, sometimes I think, um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a boxing analogy, you know, in, you know, in boxing they say styles make fights. And I, yeah. and I look, I, and I think in, there's an element of you know sometimes sometimes styles commit matches. Now I look at when I, I sit and just look at the bracket for, for for the rest of the tournament, and I and I and I look at who could beat who, and and then and, and then who has you know who I think might beat who, and then what that ends up look like. I just, I, I think that I do think that James Wade is is my is my pick to to win, and I've never said that out loud before. And I, I okay, might so. So that's fine. I've got, I've got, I've got no issue with you picking Wadey with the way that he's playing at the moment. Three finals recently, you know, Grand Slam final, uh, European Championship final, uh, and, and a couple of others. The point that I'm going to make is this, right? If he were to win this, do you generally believe that he'll get in the Premier League? Because I don't think he will. It, I think it's that a Barry very, Mar- very think- difficult situation. Oh, for, for Barry, Barry and Matt, Matt are <laughs> praying to God right now that James Wade is not going to make it. Because the thing is as well, you have just to because of that, it. you have to. It's a yeah, scandal, but the thing is as well, he's, he's, but he's come out and said though that he doesn't want to be in it anyway. A couple of months ago, in the um, at the world, a couple of weeks ago, back at the World Championships, didn't he? So it's yeah, one of those where you go, okay, do you believe do you that want it or don't you? Of course he does. I, I I think if he if he wins, but I, I but I think there's a there's a few of them. You know, you know the same. With, I'd say the same for for, for Chisnell. Um, you know, possibly even Merv as well. You know, if 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 they win the tournament and don't get that Premier League spot, it's a bit of a scandal, and and they're gonna just have to warm up to what the ten spot was all along, because you know you you keep well that they can they can only be one man, can't they? Well, that's <laughs> for that 10 spot if they don't give it right. to them and then that's it is it. a joke. <laughs> if you keep the 10 spot and you oh, say... No, well, no, oh, no, no, I didn't think that's... you were talking about that Dutchman. I was talking about another one. <laughs> which, which one? <laughs> oh, no, I'm talking about the one that if he gets the tour card, yes. James Wade yeah, thinks is the one that gets it. A farmer, isn't he? Absolutely right. Dirt was doing... So, apparently, on, on Gez's Instagram the other day, Dirt was apparently doing some promotional shots. So if one of those doesn't make the uh, one of those doesn't make it, which I I would be happy to see Dirk in the Premier League, he would get. Yeah, so would I. I, mean, going. I think we'd all be happy. I mean, for what the Premier League is, he's perfect for it. Yeah, he, Especially I, I, if we get fans back and we can get it back properly as it should be, which we're all hoping for. We all want. Then, yeah, Dirk's absolutely perfect for it. I just, I agree completely, one hundred percent with both of you. I just think it's a really difficult. It's, a, it's incredibly. I think the PDC would really struggle to to justify to darts fans if someone who isn't in the Premier League wins the Masters after yes. they've reserved a space and said, you know, we'll announce it. We're going to see what the Masters brings. You know, we'll reserve it for. We'll announce number ten after the Masters. You know, somebody like you know James Wade, Dave Chisnell, maybe it wins the Masters to then not put them in. Like it's it's a bit of a scandal, and I think people will will not be particularly happy. That and the PDC are good at, as we know, well they're good at giving the fans what they want. They they, they like to do that. 
So well, we all wanted. Well, we all wanted another. Well, not being funny, we all wanted to go to Budapest this year, and we weren't going to go there. So that, 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 that in the BDC's fault, in all fairness. Yeah. Um, but let, but let's let's uh, we got to end it there because there's plenty more to talk about on the walk on tomorrow from twelve o'clock. Uh, Cal McFarlane, Dan Simpson, thank you for joining us here on the online darts daily pod so this is uh, the results then from day two of the Labrooks Masters Mervyn King 10 Rob Cross 5 James Wade 10 Chris Doby 4 Nathan Aspinall 10 Mental Sudovich 9 Dave Chisnell 10 Daryl Gurney 9 uh, Adrian Lewis 10 Gary Anderson 8 Peter Wright 10 Simon Whitlock 8 Gerwin Price 10 Joe Cullen 3 and then the big result obviously is Johnny Clayton 10 Michael Van Gerwin 9 uh, moving on to look at tomorrow, it's a big, big day. Mervyn King against Nathan Aspinall starts us off. We then got Gerwin Price against Adrian Lewis. You remember those two have uh, got a bit of history. Um, Peter Wright against David Chisholm off the back of that, and then it is Johnny Clayton against James Wade in the final quarter final. All the action from twelve forty-five GNT on ITV Four or on your uh, worldwide uh, on the PDC's uh, uh, broadcast partners. Of course, and don't forget, of course, that we're going to be back for the walk-on in the afternoon. Midday is the time to be following us on YouTube. Uh, Jack Gobbegaard will be back then, and he'll be joined by uh, Luke Pickering and Lee Boyce to preview all four quarterfinals. So you've heard what we think, hear what the boys think uh, going on there, and see, of course, if anyone's won that poster as well. If not, we're going to run it again. Uh, Dan will be back, though. Dan will be on the live blog tomorrow afternoon from 12.45, go bring you through all four quarterfinals. And then myself and Cam will be joining Jack uh, for a review of the quarterfinals and a look ahead to the semis and the final of the Masters in the walk-on from six o'clock on Sunday evening. Brad Pates will join you on the live blog as well for that one. Uh, so that is it from us here on the Online Darts Daily. Don't forget, of course, that uh, Phil Bars will be rejoining myself and Gob for the live lounge on Monday, uh, where we'll be going through uh, bits of the Masters, looking a bit ahead to Q School as well, and uh, whether all the all the storylines, whether the Premier League place will have been filled by then. Who knows, of course, as well. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Online Darts on any one of those platforms and head to YouTube right now where you can watch Phil's interviews with all eight of our quarterfinalists right now. You can also view it on our reports on onlinedarts.com. However you want to consume the Masters, we've got a way to do it. Join us from 12 o'clock on YouTube for the walk-on. Search Online Darts TV and subscribe there to get the show. Jack, Luke and Lee will talk you through everything on the quarterfinal day. It is Cup Collection Day at the Masters. Who out of the eight remaining will be the first winner of a tournament in 2021? Take care. Bye-bye.